We are built to be able to face hard shit if and when we need to. Hey mamas. I have something on my heart to share with you this week. And I'm feeling tender about it. So this is a tender pod. Um, you know how I told you my I've got these two jobs, the job at the flower shop and the job doing family outreach specialist work through an organization that basically is like an overflow of facts, which is like child protective services. And as my my work is contractual, so they assign certain cases to me and I fill whatever the need is depending and it'll be different per case. And you remember how I told you the training alone for this job broke me. Oh. Um, so I got two new cases and I'm just going to call it that for ease sake. And I have to be careful with confidentiality and stuff. Um, but these two children in these circumstances, they're under the same foster mom, but they have two different sets of parents. And, um, I have stories for each of them. But the second one is what's really weighing on my heart. And uh, I might get emotional with you mamas, so bear with me. Um, It's okay. Like, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to care. My sensitivity is my superpower. This is my mantra. Um, So... My heart's been opening, right? And this has been my prayer through recent heartbreak, through um, recent struggle. It's just like rather than closing in, it's like just open my heart even more, expand it even more. And that's not to say I'm letting people in um, who don't deserve it. Like you've got to work to get in this heart because it's a big heart and I love a lot of people like people I don't even know you know what I mean like I can look at someone and have love for them and I think we all have that innately and it just takes some practice to peel back to strip back to not judge yourself so much so then you're not judging other people so much And you realize we all share these same emotions and we all have different life experiences and it connects us all. You know, we're all living, breathing beings with these feelings um, and we're so fucking lost and we're just trying to get back to ourselves. And ultimately, I feel like the point of life is to make it a bit of a better place. You know, for me, everyone's got their purpose, you know, like Elon Musk is clearly to expand technology. Um, Machine Gun Kelly is clearly to make art and music. Um, And for me, I just feel like it's to bring a little love into the world um, in whatever form that takes. So when it comes to this job, 
I was driving to meet this little boy for the first time and I was emotional just on the drive because I was imagining that that clip that we heard in the training and it was just this little boy this breaks me it's okay though it's okay like tears are clarifying um this just four minute phone call of this little boy who I thought was a little girl but turns out he was a little boy just in terror calling reporting during a a domestic and describing the scene through his little eyes you know and this little boy is three um and he doesn't really have words yet which if you know early childhood education or development and all that's fairly delayed and not to say that he has um developmental delays or anything but I mean, those kinds of experiences change your ability to communicate. Um, and so I just imagine him experiencing this and this imprint on him and understanding even just the task at hand is I'm a stranger showing up and taking him away, you know, and just if that's not traumatic, then that's still traumatic. The fact that he's not traumatized by that is concerning. And so um, I was crying and I was like, I literally don't know how I'm going to pull it together before I get to this person's house. (laughs) But I'm also like, that's okay. You know what? I this is who I am. Like, I've got to be who I am for this job as painful as this is emotionally. It's good. And I will do a hard thing if it feels right. And it feels right. And part of me understands, you know, I never was exposed to domestic violence. Um, but I experienced trauma, um, in childhood. And I know that the mark that that leaves, Oh, I got the sniffles, mama. I need tissues for this one. Hold on. And when I think about this, mamas, you know, this is raw and vulnerable. And I'm going to be cringing when I'm editing this. I already know because I'm going to be in a different emotional state than I am in right now. Because it changes. That's a fact. Our emotions change, right? I used to hate change and avoid change in my life. Um, But I've said this before, you know, change is my girl. She gets me through the hard times. And even just moment by moment in the emotions, you know, it will pass. And so I am going to just record as my baby step. I don't know if I will post it, but the loving intention behind this is to just share that it's okay to feel negative emotions when they're leading you on the right path. It's okay. We are built to be able to face hard shit if and when we need to. You know, I used to think I was a badass bitch going out, you know, 
drinking at clubs and not being scared to to start a fight with a girl, which I never really did, but we'd throw bows or get catty. And that was my drama. That was my like, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm a badass bitch, whatever. Right. And it's like, no, that that's just the drama. Like what's badass to me is showing up for a little boy, even though it's uncomfortable and heartbreaking and just letting it break my heart, letting it because it is heartbreaking. And that's the point. It's not okay and it needs to be supported. And it's not like I'm up here and they're down here and I'm helping, you know, like I know what it what it feels like to need support. I need support right now. I'm living at home in my parents' trailer while I get my financials underneath me. You know, we all need support in different areas of our life physically, right? Like, do we need a cane? Do we need a crutch? Do we need a wheelchair? Do we need um, better food so that we're not obese and we can't walk or whatever? Um, Mentally, do we need support emotionally, spiritually, sexually, socially, financially? Like, these are all ways that we all need help and support sometimes and we can support each other. And it's not an up or down or hierarchy thing. It's just... Can we just be there for each other without judgment and just show up and be able to hold space for it and let it work itself out, not force it? And so this is the story I wanted to share with you. So when I first met him, first of all, he's absolutely adorable. He's got blonde angel curls and I just melted. I'm like, oh my gosh, this child. And uh, he was warm to me. Like we just kind of clicked and connected. And he was just wanting, he was very hyperactive, right? He knew there was a transition happening. And so he was out in the backyard and I just, was firm with him right away and just say, okay, we can play in the backyard. I've just got to shut the gate first. Hold on. Because he's running for the gate. And I said, no problem. You can play in the backyard. I'm just going to shut the gate. And I had to explain it to him. And he was a little like off put right by that, but he was wound up and he looked like he was going to run out. Right. And there's a driveway there in the street. It's not a busy street, but you know, boundaries make everyone feel safe. <laughs> so right off the bat, he's like a bat out of hell running out of this house and laid the first boundary and he adjusted. So then the foster mom helped put the car seat in my car and that helped the transition a little bit, right? And he was all over her while it was happening, kind of anxious in the way, holding on, right? Just anxious, I guess, is the best way to put it. So she puts the car seat in my car and we get him settled in. He takes a toy with him. He's got his backpack with him. And the whole time we're chatting, right? And I'm saying like, are you so excited to go to the park today? I know you love the park. Are we going to play on the swing? Like these kinds of things, right? Like um, blank, his foster mom tells me like to play on the swings right and we're engaging and he's nodding and whatever so we get in the car and I put on some like relaxing music kind of low and I'm just I'm very intentional about letting him know 
what's next, right? And also asking him, like getting his feedback, you know, like we're spending the morning together. Would you rather go to the library or go to the park, right? And I get from him, park, so park. And I confirm park and he, he nods park, yeah. So, okay, we're going to the park. So we get there and we unpack like his backpack and stuff. And the first thing he does is <laughs> he gets onto the park and he takes his shoes off. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to force him to wear his shoes. Damn it. I love walking barefoot. There we go. If he learns the hard way that he wants, that he needs to wear shoes, if he hurts his feet, he'll learn the hard way. That's okay. Like, go ahead, wild child. Go ahead. So then he starts, he starts taking off his shirt and I'm like, no shirt on. And he starts pulling down his pants and I'm like, pants on. I said, we can leave our shoes off, but our pants need to stay on. And the parents were at the park just kind of like giggling, right? And I'm, I'm taking it lightly. Like they don't know. I, I hardly know this child, right? Um, and we're getting to know each other, but anyway, it was just, it was kind of entertaining. And the first thing he wants to do is just get friggin' naked in this park. So he runs over to the swing, right? He's been there before. He loves the swing and he's motioning and trying to say the word swing. So I put him in the swing and just swing him. And I've already accepted the fact that I might be doing this for three hours this morning. (laughs) Like I just, she told me he would sit there and do it for hours. And I'm like, you know what? If my only role this morning is to just give this little boy a break from whatever's going on and just be there and swing all morning, so be it. I'm here for it. I could use a workout anyways. So we're swinging and he's communi- he's kind of like disturbed and freaking out and and I I want to understand. Right? So I stop the swing and I I look at him and I say what's what's going on? And he's he's just flapping his arms, right? And just motioning. And to me, I'm getting the sense that he wants me to push him higher. And so I said, "Higher?" And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." So I'm like, "Okay." And I'm nervous, right? Because I'm pushing a three-year-old in a swing. I don't want him to go too high here. He's, he just turned three. But I'm pushing and I get to a comfortable edge where he's happy. And he just, he stops freaking out and he's, he seems content. And his head rolls back so that he can see me while I'm pushing him. And I'll wave to him every time he does that. And of course, it's making me a little nervous because I'm like, please don't fall out of the swing. And it's one of those baby swings, I should say, like where your feet go in. So it'd be very difficult for him to manage, but I'm still like, oh my gosh, like this is higher than my like protector side would want, but also I totally get it. I loved to swing high as fuck on swings and leap off. So I get it. So we're swinging and again, he starts kind of freaking out, but he puts his hands like behind him as he's, I don't, I don't even know freaking out is the right word, but he starts like using spastic motions and making sounds that are like distressed. And so I'm interpreting this like, okay, something's not quite right, but he still wants to keep swinging. So I realized I was pushing him in a way that he didn't like because my my hand was going 
pass the seat onto his back and he didn't like that contact. He didn't like the like the surprise of it, the whatever. He didn't like the sensation of it. Like he was just kind of motioning to his back. So I realized, oh, I'm pushing his back, not the swing itself sometimes. And that's like throwing him off. So we're swinging. We probably swang for like, swang, swung for like half an hour. And then what ended up happening was a little boy came over to the swing next to us and his little sister came too. And she, this is what I love about kids. They're so honest in their communication. And so she points to the swing and she goes, swing. And they're with their grandparents. And it's obvious to me that the grandparents haven't seen them that much. They want to play with them and engage with them right and she's just pointing like she wants the swing and uh the grandpa is like well somebody's already on that swing da, 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 whatever right and and I'm I'm gonna call him x little boy x looks at this little girl and he's he's acknowledging that this is occurring right and so I said to x I said hey bud like what do you think of sharing the swing in three minutes? And he nodded. He said, okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like he easily could have been like, no, mine. Right? Like that probably would have been me as a little girl. But he's, he, was to- he was fine with it. Even though we had been swinging for half an hour, he was loving it. Um, and so I communicated to the little girl. I said, in three minutes, it's your turn. She said, okay. And she goes off and plays. So sure enough, I'm counting in my head, like not obsessively, but thinking about three minutes. So we're pushing and I give him a warning. I said, okay, 10 more swings, right? Because I know he likes transitions. And also, like I say, I totally relate to this. I like transitions too. Even as an adult, I like transitions. So let alone as a kid, right? When you're, you don't have control of a lot of things. So we do 10 swing, 10 pushes on this And when we get to 10, I slow him down so he knew what was happening. I took him out and I got down to his level and I said, X, do you think you can go find the little girl and tell her it's her turn? And he goes, yeah. So he goes and he's wandering around trying to find her. And sure enough, he finds her. And they just, they have a little exchange and he points to the swing for her. And the grandparents were so excited. Like they were so happy to have the two kids that they clearly didn't see all the time next to each other and they could play together and push each other, right? And they thanked us. And I I thanked X. I said, oh, thanks, buddy. That's so nice of you to share, right? So there's also a splash pad at this park and we don't have a bathing suit. Though at the last minute, I asked foster mom if she could pack like an extra pair of like splash pants or something because it had supposed it was supposed to rain it already had rained I'm like in case the slides are wet whatever so what she did was she packed an extra pair of shorts and a towel I'm like okay well we can work with that so he wants to get all wet old like nanny me or early childhood educator me would be like no you don't have a bathing suit like no, but now I'm like, okay, real life, real talk. Let's just get wet and we'll dry off at the very end. Like clearly he wants to play. 
So he looks at me like kind of for, you know, is it okay to, for me to go here? And I said, okay, like have fun, right? So he's playing in the splash pad and he's gotten his shorts wet, his diapers full of water and all this stuff. And we're just playing around, whatever. And he starts exploring outside of the splash pad where there is grass and flowers. And he picked me a flower and all this stuff, right? But at a certain point, you know, he starts testing the boundaries. So he starts getting too close to the sidewalk. And I say, no, we're going to stay in the park. He goes on the sidewalk, right? And he's barefoot as well. I said, we need shoes to go on the sidewalk. Do you want to go get your shoes? He, sure enough, starts running away from me down the sidewalk. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a road there. There's a side road. He's not listening to me. I officially have to chase this child, right? So I'm running down the street chasing him and he's looking back like a, like a monkey, right? Like he's being a rascal. He knows he's pushing the boundaries. And I picked him up and I said, okay, Jasmine has to carry you because you're not listening and it's not safe for you to be on the sidewalk. And he starts getting upset and he, he hit a little, but not like hard at me. He just kind of like flailed and, uh, I said, I know you're upset and da 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 whatever. So we dry off and there was still like an hour and a half left of the visit. So I'm like, okay, let's go hike. Because clearly he, he has some energy. He's running. He needs to walk around like rather than just be around all these people. So I'm like, okay, like where's Jasmine's car? Help me find my car. And so he helps me find it. And I even asked him, because I've never been to this park before, I said, X, can you show me where the bathroom is? And he points and we start walking to this building, which totally looks like it would be the bathroom, but it wasn't. It was locked. Um, And as we were looking around, there were some women at the tennis courts who redirected and told us um, where the bathrooms were, which was great. So we found it. We got changed. And oh, this was the first sweet thing that he did, okay? So he turned off the lights and it was pitch black in the room. And he wasn't like scared or anything, but I was like, no, we've got to leave the lights on, right? And so I'm kind of like, again, I don't want to be too rulesy. I want him to be able to explore and do sensory and whatever, right? Like it's not hurting anyone. Nobody's in the bathroom, but I don't want it to be a pitch black, right? So anyway, he turns off the light and after I've kind of like tried to redirect him, he comes up to me and gives me a big hug in the dark. And then he goes and turns the light on. And then he turns off the light and he comes and gives me a hug. And then he turns the light on and he does it again. And I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Okay, this is freaking cute. And here I am trying to redirect the behavior, but it's kind of like a game for him to show affection, right? It's really sweet. So we get dried off, we get changed, and we go um, find my car again. And again, he's helping me with all of this so that he's fully alert. We know where we're going. He knows what the plan is. And um, so we get in the car. And I tell him I need to get gas. So we're going to go to the gas station before we go to the hike. And we go and get gas and 
when we pull over, I kind of like played with him because he saw me through the window and he was putting his feet on the window and his hands on the window and I'm just tapping on the glass and he's laughing. Fill up my car and it's time for the hike. And so I tell him, okay, we're going to go to, let's call it Sunny Hike. And he's been there before. He recognizes the name, right? Sunny Hike, Sunny Hike. And he's repeating it and we're, we're playing, whatever. So we get to Sunny Hike and the gates closed. And I realize it's a whole like admission process to get us in. I'm like, we've only got 45 minutes left. It, I don't have the budget. She hasn't given us any cash to go out. So it hasn't been pre-approved. So this isn't working out, right? And like I said, foster mom's already warned me he's not great with, I shouldn't say not great. Actually, I'm going to check my language there. He has a harder time emotionally when things are changed that he was come to expect, right? And I think a lot of us are like that, but he's just more honest about it. So I kind of knew, and also in the back of my head, I knew the closer this child feels to me, the more he's going to try to express a little, like let something out, see if it's a safe space for him to let something out, like tantrums or running away. Like, am I going to chase him? Am I going to make him feel safe? Am I going to, you know, like it's testing, it's testing and it's not in a malicious way. It's in a way of like, am I safe to be myself? Um, and so I gently explained to him, I said, oh, I'm sorry, bud. The bar is down. Uh, and I didn't say it in a way that was untruthful. The, the bar was closed, right? So I turn around and he starts with the whale, right? And I, in my head, you know, I could hear my initial instinct, old me, to be like, it's okay, bud. Here, do you want your water? Do you want your monkey? Do you want the toy? Do you, like, try to distract. It's okay. Cheer him up, right? But in that moment, I just understood. I'm like, this has nothing to do with Sunny Hike. This has everything to do with the fact that something has now changed and he wasn't expecting it and he has no control over it. And all of a sudden he realizes, you know, I'm in a stranger's car and I'm projecting all of this, but imagine this experience, right? She told me I was going one place, now I'm not. One day I was with my mom and my dad, now I'm not. You know, one day I'm with foster mom, now I'm not. What the hell is going on, right? I got it. And I just said to him, buddy, I'm sorry. I know you wanted to go on the hike. And he starts crying and he's crying and he's crying, but... He, there's not really tears. It's just a sound that he's making. And the most heartbreaking part about this was that he was, he was moderating his own volume. And that was disturbing to me. Um, first of all, because I remember doing that. I, I remember as a little girl and into high school, you know, crying quietly, keeping it down. Um, 
or if I was really upset, it's like I knew I would have to reduce, right? And I th- again, I think a lot of us had these experiences, but what, what broke my heart seeing it on this adorable, sweet little boy who I know part of what he's been through, um, that he wouldn't ever be able to verbalize. But I've heard the fear response firsthand or secondhand, I guess, in that voice recording. And I get a ghost of what that imprint looked like. And so he's, he's limiting, he's reducing the sound that's coming out. And, and so I just encouraged him. I felt like I was reminded of the time that in episode three, I talk about my like breath work, I call it an exorcism, but like my breath work experience with Amanda, how it's like an emotional release, letting go. And she was very encouraging throughout like, yes, that's good, Jazz, that's good. Get it out. And I just kind of felt like that. Like I can encourage him through this rather than try and change his feelings, just hold space for it. You know, so I said, X, I know, buddy, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I know you wanted to to play at the park. And I'm not apologizing, you know, like as if I did something wrong and I didn't want, I didn't feel that way. And I don't think that that's how that was coming across, but just, I'm sorry. Like I know, bud, I know I get it. Um, I'm sorry you're going through this. I'm sorry you're feeling this way. Like that was the more the, the way that I was saying it. And so as I'm saying this and encouraging him as he's crying, I'm starting to get teary eyed. Right. And I'm like, I'm just letting it be I'm like, this is just hard. This is just emotional to witness this and to understand how much more there is to it. He's not upset that he didn't go on a hike. He's upset that this has now completely changed. And one thing about kids, if you've ever been around kids that are crying, eventually they start calling for their mom. It, it's just a fact, you know? And at a certain point, I was a little bit surprised. I hadn't heard him call out for his mom. But at one point he did, he said, Ma. And that's when the tears, you know, started getting louder, which was like, yeah, of course, like your mom is not here. You don't know where your mom is. Um, and this is, this is a big deal. This is a big experience. And so I'm getting teary eyed, right? And he is clearly not used to this kind of response Um, and so he's just kind of letting it out more and more. And all of a sudden he just says, oh, and I could tell it was something different. And so I, I looked back, we were at a red light and he said, oh, and he holds his hand out and Mahama's my heart. So I reach back. And I hold his hand and he can see my eyes that they're, they've got emotion in them. So he's crying more and he takes my thumb and he starts rubbing his own hand with my thumb. And so I'm rubbing his hand and I'm driving and... I asked him if he wanted a hug and he said, no. I said, okay, would you like your, your monkey 
because there was a monkey on his backpack and he said and he nodded and he said yeah and so he takes his backpack and he hugs it he squeezes it and he starts to calm down a little bit um but then it's quiet in the back and I'm like hold on why is it quiet and sure enough, I tilt my mirror and see that he's gotten into the diaper cream and has put it all over his arms and his face, right? So again, I'm like, okay, impatient me could be upset by this, but I'm just not even like close to that, right? I've had this emotional experience, so is he. And I said, okay, bud, I got to pull over and clean you up. So I pull over and I take a baby wipe from his backpack and I start wiping down his arms wiping down his face and he lets me and I said x would you like a hug and he nods at this point and he's he motions for his seatbelt to take off his seatbelt so I took off his seatbelt and he put his arms up and I scooped him in his in my arms and he just fell limp like like a monkey and he just sunk in to my body and just breathed. I rubbed his back and I said, oh, buddy, I know. And when he got up, he propped himself up and was starting to move around like he wanted to run and play. And I said, okay, bud, we're not at the park yet. We're three minutes away from the park. Are you ready to go to the park? Yes. Okay get him in his car seat and drive to the park. And I explained, I differentiated, I tried to keep calling it the baseball diamond because it was the same park, but it was a different area of the park because I thought being more private, more alone, more like space in nature would be better at this point. And so we go to this baseball diamond and... First of all, I have to pee like a racehorse because I've been drinking my water, my tea, my coffee. And so I'm like, okay, will you come to the bathroom with me first? Because I really have to go to the bathroom. And he says, yes. And I'm not phrasing it in a way that he's the one, like he did have to come to the bathroom with me. I didn't want to like trick him into thinking he had a choice. But I said, okay, we're going to play at the baseball diamond, but can you come with me to the bathroom? I really have to go to the bathroom, whatever. So I use the bathroom and he starts pointing to the toilet and he is three. So he's at that age where, oh, he could be potty training. Obviously he is wearing a diaper, but I said, do you have to go pee too? So all of us on our first visit, I'm I'm potty training this little boy and he goes and pees in the toilet. I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy for anyone who's worked with children. That's like quite an accomplishment for him to be doing that. It was just like a little tinkle, but still it was like, holy crap. Okay. Amazing. Um, so that was really cool and momentous. And then we're walking and he wants to hold my hand and we're exploring through the trail and there's a dog and he's like very excited by this dog in this van that drives up. And so he starts chasing the van in the car and the van pulls up a far away. So he's got a ways to go and he slows down and I catch up to him and I kneel down to him and I say, X, and I kind of whisper to him, right? To bring him closer rather than 
chasing him down. And this time he's so much more responsive than when he was, right, running around the splash pad. And tears do that, right? They calm us down. It's a release, right, of something. And it's a bond. It's a connection between people. So I get down and I invite him to come in close so he can hear me. And I said, okay, listen, we have to be careful around dogs because we don't know if they're nice or not. And he nods. He says, okay. So we walk over and the dog was playing in the field anyways. So we didn't interact with him, but we start going down the trail. And I warned him like, okay, bud, we only have 10 minutes on this trail. And he says, okay. When the 10 minutes are up, you know, I gave him a warning. I said, okay, it's time to go back. And he started with another meltdown, right? And again, I get it. And I'm almost honored, right? That this child trusts me enough to let something out, to to show it a little bit, right? Like, and so... But he didn't run away the same way that he did before. It was just more like a crying on the spot. Like, oh, I don't want to, right? Rather than like actually trying to run away and test limits and boundaries and stuff. And I said, I just gave him the option. Like, X, would you rather walk or do you need Jasmine to carry you? And he put his arms up. (laughs) So he comes up in my arms and he's crying and he's laying on me and... And we walked together. And so every once in a while, he'd get fidgety. And I said, do you want to walk or do you need Jasmine to carry you to go, to go to the car? And he'd say, walk. And then he would hold my hand, right? And we would just, we continued this where we're moving towards the car, but it's your choice how we do it. Are, am, are we going to hold hands? Are you going to walk on your own? Am I going to carry you? But we're going to the car and I'm staying firm on that. And that's settling him. Like he's... He's emotional, but he's calm. So then we get back to the car and we load up and I say, okay, it's time to go back with and L, other little boy, who's my other um, case in quotations that um, I, I met this week. And it's time for some lunch. And that made him excited. And it's time for a nap. And that made him excited. And I knew he was going to sleep well after all the water play and the tears and the exercise, right? So we ended up going back. Foster mom asked me kind of like cautiously, like, how was it? She was expecting, you know, a crazy report. And I said, you know what? It was amazing. And so I got his car seat and I waved goodbye to him. And I said, okay, I'll see you next Tuesday. And he waved goodbye. And then other little boy, L was there. And I say, hi, L. I'll see you on Monday. And that was that. So I drove to the flower shop after this. So this is kind of how my shifts have been working out. Um, My boss at the flower shop is so flexible. It's literally amazing. And she actually prefers having me in the afternoon, evening rather than the morning. So it really works out that I have these, um, my first job in the morning and then I can drive right to the flower shop, which it's on the way. Ironically, it's, it really is ideal. So, um, so I drive there and I'm like, 
I need a minute. I need a hot minute. And I pull over and I let it out. And I was like, you know what? This broke my heart. What really broke my heart is that this little boy knew that he couldn't be as loud as he needed to be. He couldn't be as expressive as he needed to be. And I just imagined the reception of him really letting it out, really screaming, really crying, and what what that could have invoked. And I was disturbed by it. And so I cried and I let it out. And when I was done, I felt better. I felt better. And I felt like this is hard, but the work's got to be done. You know, this little boy needs support. And if it's not me, it's going to be somebody else. So why not me? Why not somebody who cares? Who's not afraid to care, to love? Yes, I have love for this little boy. Already, I do. I understand part of his pain. Um, And maybe part of me does this for my inner child too. Like I could have used support too without the full foster care. You know, I was always scared of going into foster care to be honest there were a couple times where I threatened to call the police and I just was told with well go ahead they'll just take you away you know and that was scary so I know what it means to need support and it feels like the right thing even though it's the hard thing and one day who knows Maybe I'll be a foster mom myself and just be a safe space for these kids as they reintegrate with their biological family if they can. If not, I'm, I could be that safe space for them more permanently. Um, so again, it's kind of more motivation and more fuel for me to get my feet underneath me financially, try and find a full-time or salary position that's going to support me in finding a permanent residence but at least these jobs are good for now hopefully for um, eventually setting myself up for renting hopefully an affordable apartment nearby Um, and I'll just keep showing up and keep doing the best that I can for these kids and pray that that leads somewhere Um, meaningful to establish myself so that I could be even more support. So mamas, I share this story in the hopes of being honest and vulnerable and real about the fact that things are not okay in the world. And I can get caught up in boy drama. I can get caught up in flower arrangements and not doing things right. But you know what? The world's got bigger fucking problems. And I feel called to protect my heart and guard my heart in this phase of life right now because I've got a big heart and it loves and... I've got to be pretty damn sure 
about who I truly open it up to, to the point where they could break it and cause me to come in on myself and need to self-protect and need to be selfish. You know, I need to be really careful and selective about what I allow in order to be showing up in the healthiest way that I can for myself and for others. So it's okay to be emotional mamas. It's okay to just meet someone where they're at and not try and trick them into being happy. Happiness is just one emotion on the wheel. And guess what? He was happy after we got through that, those feelings. He was playing. He was smiling. He was affectionate. You know, he got there. It changed. It did change. And it was always going to. And you can hear me now. I'm not the emotional mess that I was when I first started this episode. You know, I'm still, I'm feeling soft and tender, but I'm feeling good too and lighter. Um, so I just wanted to share my story with you of my first meeting with X, this little boy who's already stolen my heart and that that's okay. That's okay that I care and it's okay that I have love for him and that I want to hold space for his process no matter what that looks like and I'm sure there will be more tears and probably louder tantrums and more outbursts moving forward because he's going to start to trust me and he needs to get these feelings out where else can he than in a car ride when something goes wrong so thank you mamas for being here with me and X and whoever else it is maybe in your life that you could meet where they're at and hold space for their process without forcing, without rushing and trust in change. Trust that change will carry through the emotion when it's time. It's going to be okay. So... Thanks for being here and holding space for a more tender episode. And until next week, mamas, take care.